Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Thank you so much for joining us always. Thank you for your investments into Modern Homemakers and other ministries, for your investment into your family and loved ones. And as we prepare for Easter, I have a couple of things to talk to you about in the next couple of days. But today, I want to pause and remind you that the birthday is coming and 75 acts of kindness, 75 somethings. And next week at this time, I'm going to tell you what I did for my 75s. Not only for what I did on my 75th, but for what I did to encourage someone with 75 somethings. Somebody wrote and said, anything? I said, yes, anything, anything that works to whomever you're giving it to. I suppose I don't want to uh, encourage anything that's illegal or unethical or would hurt someone. Like, no 75 spankings to your children because they're just not doing what you tell them to do. So I want to talk to you today about a passage of Scripture that is, is really uh, profound and for those of you who have listened to uh, Modern Homemakers for any length of time, you know and have heard me say that of all the characters in the Bible, I most relate to Peter. Uh, Peter, who, who did these dastardly things, dastardly things. There's no other explanation, no other word that could fit him. He, from cutting off the ear of the centurion to... Um, I could just see him when Jesus is on their way and the woman with an issue of blood stops him. And I've said this before, I, I, would, be, I would be Peter plus. I'd be saying, look what time it is. Can, don't you see what's on the iPhone and how many places we have left to go? No stopping. Let's stay focused. I, I can stay focused and get something done. But Christ's agenda and what he was called to do was beyond their capacity to understand it. And I think it's a very important thing as you read the Gospels, as you read John and hear the Gospel and hear John saying, no, no, you, you, you can't go. We need you here. And Christ's response is, I must leave because if I don't leave, you won't have what's better. What's better than the Holy Spirit? They didn't understand that. All they knew was that their friend, their comrade, their teacher, they are now a Messiah. They'd come to call him the Messiah. So when we get to Matthew chapter 16, now there are a lot of things about dear Peter, but when we get to Matthew 16, there's many things going on. The Pharisees and the Sadducees are demanding a sign to prove who Jesus is. Okay, And there are all those tests. If you read the Gospels with any regularity, you see they're always setting up a test. Who, what should we do with this woman who was caught in adultery? 
what's the test? Who, what do you say is the greatest commandment? What's the test? So they're doing the same. It's a demand for a sign. And then the disciples reach the other side of the, where they're going, and Jesus says to them, watch out, beware of the yeast. Now, if you've never made anything with yeast, this is an illustration, a parable that you will not get at all. But most of us have made something with yeast. And I love the fact that in the 21st century, during the pandemic, there was a yeast bread that is now made with instant yeast. The whole idea of yeast is to let it do its work in formation and growth and, and expansion. And then when you get up in the morning, it's bigger and you punch it down so it can come together again. Not this one. It's just instant yeast. You leave it over here. It does rise and you put it in the oven. And all of a sudden, Peter gets into this and he makes a declaration as Jesus is saying, who do people say that the man, the son of man is? And they said, some said John the Baptist, but others Elijah. But still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Here comes Peter. He just jumps right in and he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Good answer. Good answer, Peter. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on the rock I will build my church. Now, this is an amazing statement that comes because he says to them, this is what's going to happen. And Peter says, no, God forbid it, Lord. Never let it happen. And Jesus says to Peter, one paragraph earlier, it's having a conversation. They're talking, and he says, You, Simon, son of, on you I will build the church, on you the rock. And in the next paragraph, he says, Who am I? Messiah. And then Jesus tells Peter that he's going to be killed. And Peter says, God forbid it. Lord, let this never to happen. And Jesus turns to him and says, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but human things. It's quite revealing that Christ has an agenda here and has a plan, and Peter doesn't get it. Peter doesn't get it. What he got was what all of us would get. There's nothing wrong with Peter. We're all in the same boat. You might not have approached it in the same way, but Jesus has become your friend. He's become your teacher. You've acknowledged him as Messiah, and now Messiah, who they've been waiting for to come, is going to be killed. No, God forbid it. And what Jesus says to him is, Satan, get behind me. Now, I had the privilege of hearing through the Street Light Bible Dot com. Now, I would tell you to go and listen to it, but I'm afraid you might not. So I'm going to insert a four-minute reading by a man who reads the gospel in a way that will make your flesh just bounce. Here is Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 
chapter 16. Leaders demand a miraculous sign. One day the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus, demanding that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. He replied, You know the saying, Red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow. Red sky in the morning means foul weather all day. You know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times? Only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Then Jesus left them and went away. Yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Later, after they crossed to the other side of the lake, the disciples discovered they had forgotten to bring any bread. Watch out, Jesus warned them. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, You have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? Don't you understand even yet? Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves and the baskets of leftovers you picked up? Or the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and the large baskets of leftovers you picked up? Why can't you understand that I'm not talking about bread? So again I say, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then at last they understood that he wasn't speaking about the yeast and the bread, but about the deceptive teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Peter's Declaration About Jesus Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, Well, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John. Because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Jesus predicts his death. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. 
And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Well, I don't know about you, but my heart is just rendered broken. And I think what I want to draw your attention to is Jesus himself is talking about the gates of Hades, hell. He calls Peter, who is going to be the rock his church is built on, he, he refers to him as evil, as Satan. And then he says, if any of you want to be my followers, you must deny yourself. We talked a few days ago about fasting and giving up something. Giving up yourself, denying yourself and what you want, what you think is comfortable. That is exactly what Christ is telling Peter he must do. Peter, you must let yourself recognize that your desires will be denied. You are behaving in, on behalf of the evil one, and I am the Messiah who has come to fulfill the commission that God gave me to fulfill. I've been thinking about how casually we talk about hell and Hades and demons and demonic warfare. And all through the Gospels, you see Jesus healing and exercising demons. Now, don't, don't worry that I'm going to go off to the dark side and talk about this as a way of everyday life. But I want you to be aware that the world power is still at loose in the world. We can become so satiated with how comfortable everything is. And then when a difficult thing comes, like your leader, your your pastor, your best friend, a child you love, a gift from God is taken away. And we go, oh, Oh, no, no, God forbid it, no. Now, we must recognize that what God has told us is that he is not the God who does everything he can to protect us from suffering. He is the God who is here on a mission, and he is the God who allowed the power in this world to continue to be at large, and will be until Christ comes again. So look for it in your life. Look for ways that you are giving way to something that you know is not best for you. And it happens in just a little way and not a large way. I was talking to a group of women that I meet with regularly about this, and I said, so give me some ideas of little ways that you find it infiltrating your life. A little yes to the world power instead of God's power. And one of the girls said, it, oh, that's so easy for me. It's how I spend my time. And I, I said, say, say more. And she said, I can spend my whole day doing everything else, always thinking that later I'll get to spend time with God. Later, later, later. And she said, the later never comes. 
And she was hearing in her own heart that for her, that was the temptation of the world power. Remember, the world power has lots of names. We don't say Satan and the enemy and the devil. And we, we say these things carefully, but that power is still at large in the world. And remember what the scripture tells us, that that power is seeking to devour you. Not bite off your fingernails, not chew on your earlobes, but devour you. C.S. Lewis says it best in The Grief Observed. Uh, when we give way to the enemy's work, he just takes more and more and more. So as we get ready for this amazing time of the, the week of weeks and the crucifixion and the resurrection, and the event that changed the course of the entire world and prepared us in a way that we can look forward to Jesus' soon return. Soon, no one knows the hour or the time, but his promise is sure. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of recognizing the power of the world in your own life.